Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. have been following the escapades of the toys in Andy's bedroom. Woody is the star. We've talked about him. And then Buzz Lightyear comes along, Rex the dinosaur, Stinky Pete the prospector, Bo Peep, Porky the pig, or not Porky the pig, Porky the piggy bank. Uh, and of course, uh, Jesse, his cowgirl counterpart, and Bullseye, his favorite horse. All the great characters, right? And, and so we're following through them, uh, Toy Story 1, Toy Story 2. But then in Toy Story 3, there is a dilemma. So, so if you're not a Toy Story aficionado, which I am not, but if you are, are not as well, let me catch you up. There is a problem in Toy Story 3 as you come to the end of Toy Story 3, and it is this. Andy is growing up. In fact, Andy is about to go to college. And of course, because he's a college student, he can't take all of his toys with him. He's too grown. And so the dilemma, what do I do with my favorite toys that have meant so much to me and that I've loved so much? So they start having this dialogue, him and his mother, and they think about throwing them away, putting them in, in the attic, garage sale, and he just can't bring himself to do it. And finally, Andy's mom suggests that he go see a family friend on his way out of town. So he takes all of his toys, he puts them in the car, and on his way out of town, he pulls up in front of the family friend's house and in the front yard, he sees Bonnie. Bonnie is a four-year-old and she's out in her front yard and she's playing with all these toys and he watches from a distance as she's using her imagination and going through all the motions and so he walks into the front yard and he sits down with her and Toy Story 3 ends with this incredible scene where Andy and Bonnie play together with Woody and Rex and Buzz and then you see Andy gets to his car, he turns, he waves, he gets in his car, and he goes off to college. And then Toy Story 4. In Toy Story 4, um, there, there's a brand new toy that comes along, and we begin to chronicle this adventure between this new toy and the old gang. I want you to see what happens and see if it helps you understand what's taking place. Watch this. An assignment from the teacher, she creates Forky. Then as uh, part of the theme that continues to run throughout the, the movies, she ends her construction, she takes a marker, and she writes her name on his foot. But the problem is, is that Forky keeps trying to go back to the trash over and over and over again. So with these, thing, these scenes in mind, I, I need to inform you that uh, in Scripture there is a parallel passage to what you just watched. You're going, there's no way you can find that in the Bible, but actually it is. I want you to join me just briefly in Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 54. I want you to see if you see any correlation to what just took place. It says this, They arrested Jesus and took him away into the house of the high priest, and Peter followed at a distance. A fire had been lit in the center of the courtyard and Peter joined those who were sitting around it. And when, of, when one of the servant women saw him sitting there at the fire, she looked straight at him and said, this man too was with Jesus, but Peter denied it. Woman, I don't even know him. 
And a little while later, a man noticed Peter and said, you are one of them too. But Peter answered, man, I am not. And about an hour later, another man insisted strongly, there isn't any doubt that this man was with Jesus because he also is a Galilean. But Peter answered, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And at once... While he was speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned around and looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered that the Lord had said to him, Before the rooster crows tonight, you will say three times that you do not know me. Peter went out and wept bitterly. I've read that passage of scripture hundreds and hundreds of times. And I've even read that last phrase that it says that says this, that Peter went out and he wept bitterly. But this morning I, I, I want to just cause you to stop just a moment and ask yourself this question. Have you really ever thought, stopped to think about what Peter must have felt like when, when he realized that he had denied his best friend, that he had betrayed his, his Savior, his Lord, his Redeemer, his Transformer, right there in front of God and everybody. He, 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 he fails and he falls and he denies. Have you ever really stopped to think about the turmoil and the pain and the hurt inside of Peter? own heart and stop to say I wonder how he felt I know it says that he wept bitterly but what must he have been feeling to know because one version even says that when these people confront Jesus about or confront Peter about knowing Jesus it, one one version says this that when Peter denies Christ he does it with a curse he literally cusses and says I don't even blankety blank know him how must he have felt what must have been going on? Can you imagine how he must have felt in that moment? The third time when he says, I don't know him. In that moment, the, the rooster crows and he looks and Jesus turns and locks eyes with Peter. And in that moment, the despair and the disappointment. I've wondered about how he felt, what he must have felt like, but, but I think I've, I've discovered because if you go in, and all you got to do is go into John, and when you begin to read John's account, in John chapter 21, verse 3, it says this, and I think this is a revelation of how Peter felt. It says this, Simon Peter said to the others, I'm going fishing. And then the others say, we're going to come with you. I submit to you this morning that Jesus came to this, or that Peter came to this conclusion that after he had denied Jesus three times and had failed, I think that Peter came to the conclusion that he had crossed a line that he would never be able to come back from. I think that Peter came to the conclusion that I've messed up so bad that I can never recover from this. I denied my best friend when he needed me most. At the most needy point in his life, I could have stepped in and be the hero, but now I'm the goat. I, 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 I should have done something, but I turned my back on him. I'll never recover from this. I'm nobody. I'm a failure. I'm a disappointment. And in Toy Story language, maybe he thought, I'm trash. I, I, I want to say this morning that we need to learn some of the lessons that Forky and Peter teach us because I think a lot of us struggle like that. We feel like that. The first thing I want to say to you this morning is that how you see yourself matters. But how your master sees you matters more. See, I, 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 Forky saw himself as trash, so Forky would continue to try to go back to the trash. He began to behave like trash, act like trash. That's who he saw himself to be. But I want you to notice in the, in the clip uh, what Woody said. He said he made this statement about Forky. Forky is the most important toy to Bonnie. 
I, I think if Forky could have come to an understanding of how Bonnie saw him. Who was Bonnie? Bonnie was his master. She created him. She put him together. She constructed him with the two long arms and the funny looking eyes and the stick feet. She made him. But, but Forky didn't see himself the way Bonnie saw Forky. I think if he had, he would have recognized that he wasn't trash to her. I, I, I want you to understand that in the scripture that I read to you, I don't think Peter saw himself correctly because I think Peter saw himself as a failure. But what he did not understand is that Jesus still saw him as a follower. I think Peter saw himself as a denier or maybe as a disappointment. But Jesus still saw him as a disciple. Peter saw himself as trash. But Jesus saw him as treasure. I think that's why in Mark chapter 16, uh, we're told that when Jesus had been crucified and they placed him in a tomb, that on the third day that these ladies went to, uh, to, to, to view his tortured body. And when they arrive, the stone has been rolled away and Jesus is not there and they're freaking out. And Jesus appears to them and he says to them, I want you to go back and tell the disciples and Peter. That I'm alive. I think what was going on there was Jesus was trying to help Peter understand how Jesus still saw Peter. That he's still worthy. That he's still valuable. That he's still a treasure. That he's still even mentionable. He, he still believes in him. He didn't see himself correctly. That's why I want to say this morning that it is absolutely imperative that you understand more than just have a good self-revelation of, of, of how you see yourself. Because you can go to self-help seminars all over the country and they will teach, teach you how to see yourself better. But, but that's, that is important. But what's even more important is for you to understand how Jesus sees you. You're worthy. You're, you're, a, you're valuable. You're a treasure. You're special. You're mentionable. You are a prized possession. And this is the truth I want you to get this, mor this morning. Regardless of how bad you've messed up. Regardless of how many lines you've crossed. Regardless of how much time you've spent in the trash. Regardless of how many bad choices you've made. Jesus still sees you as a treasure. Somebody that's worth spending time with. Spending effort on. That's why in the New Testament the Bible says this. That the shepherd will leave the 99 to go and find the one. The, the picture is this. There were a hundred sheep. One of them thought he was forky. He thought he was trash. He wanders off. He's not where he's supposed to be. He's making bad choices, bad decisions, going his own way. And the shepherd literally leaves the 99 and goes and finds the one. That is a picture of how much our master loves us. And how he views us. That, that, that is a, a powerful revelation that we must get this morning. That our master views us in a certain way. And we need to get a glimpse of how he sees us. The reason that's important is because if you don't understand how your master sees you. Then the second thing is true also. And that is this. Trash belongs in the trash. Right? Uh, if you see yourself as trash, then you will return to the trash. That's why in, the, in Toy Story 4, Woody and the other toys spend all of their time trying to keep Forky from returning back to the trash. He saw himself as trash, so he thought he belonged in the trash. 
I want to say to you this morning that when we come into a relationship with Christ, uh, Drew mentioned that old things pass away and all things are new, right? In fact, we're told that, that uh, when we accept Christ into our heart and we make Him the Savior of our heart and our life, that, that, that at that moment, we're a brand new creature. Old things pass. We're all brand new. But if we don't understand and change how we see ourselves, then we will continue to try to go back to the trash. I think that's why Peter said this. He said, after I, I, I recognized what I did, I turned my back on Jesus when he needed me most. I denied him. I did it with a curse. I let him down. I failed. So Peter goes, you know what? I'm going fishing. He's literally saying, I'm going to go back to what I was. I was a fisherman before Jesus found me and called me. And now because I've messed up so bad, I'm going to go back to what I was before he saw me. He goes back to the trash because he believes that trash belongs in the trash. I want you to understand this morning that if you don't know who you are, then you will go back to where you were. I'm going to say that one more time because I've been waiting all week to say that. And the next thing I'm going to say here in just a minute, which is this, is if you don't know who you are, you will go back to who you were. I, 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 I want to challenge you. What is your go back? Because we all have it. it when, when you don't have a clear revelation of who you are and you forget that your master loves you and died for you and wants relationship with you and believes in you and needs you, then what's your go back? Because we all have them. Is, is your go back a habit? Is your go back an attitude? Is your go back a relationship? What environment is your go back? Here's the other thing I've been waiting all week to say to you. Uh, I just need you to get this revelation. This is a powerful truth I think we need to come to grips with. And that is this. is What you go back to is a revelation of how you see yourself. Oh, that was good. It flew right back at me. Uh, it, uh, it is a, a, a revelation of how you see yourself is what you go back to. I, you say, well, you can't prove that, really? Forky kept going back to the trash because he saw himself as trash. How about the children of Israel in the Old Testament? The Bible says that they've been slaves for over 400 years. They've been in bondage for over 400 years. They find themselves free. They find themselves free. They find themselves free. And the Bible says that they want to keep going back to Egypt. Hey, Moses, leave us alone. We want to go back to Egypt again because they still saw themselves as slaves. Peter goes back to a boat after it denies Christ. Why? Because he still saw himself as a fisherman. You called me to be a messenger. You called me to be a witness. You called me to be a preacher. You called me to be a soul winner. You called me to be an evangelist. But because I still see myself as a fisherman, when things don't go the way I want them to go, I will head back to a boat because I still see myself as a fisherman. And what you go back to is a revelation of how you see yourself. So why do you keep going back to the bar? Is it because you keep seeing yourself as a drunk? Oh, I knew, I knew, I knew. I'm going to preach it this way because some of y'all look. Why, why, why do you keep dating the women you're dating? Why do you keep going out with the guys you're going out with? Is it because you still see yourself as broken? You still see yourself as damaged goods? You see, still see yourselves as needy, desperate? Why do you keep going back to those kind of people? Why, why do you keep going back to debt? Is it because you, 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 you see yourself as less than your neighbors? And I got to keep up with people I don't even like? Oh, 
okay. What you go back to reveals how you see yourself. I am convinced of this. Treasure keeps hanging out in the trash only because treasure sees itself as trash. In, in Romans, Paul comes along and and he's dealing with an issue in Romans that the believers were getting the big head and they think they're special and all that in a bag of chips. And so he comes along and he makes a statement that now we struggle with because we take it too far the other way. He says this, don't think more highly of yourselves than you ought. Don't get the big head. Right? That, he's dealing with that. But I also want you to understand the implication there is this. There is an appropriate level of self-esteem. Okay, but I must understand that my self-esteem is not wrapped up in the how big the house is I live in. It cannot be wrapped up in the type of car I drive. It cannot be wrapped up in the, the clothes I wear. It can't be wrapped up in how many friends I have. It cannot be wrapped up in how many friends I have on Facebook, how many followers I have on Instagram, how many people do you have following you on Twitter. I've got more than all of you combined. And then we get our self-esteem from that. That is not an appropriate level of self-esteem. The appropriate level of self-esteem comes from one place and one place only. It is wrapped up up in the revelation of who I am through the grace and the power and the forgiveness of the, my Redeemer. And as long as I recognize that I'm a treasure because He is mine and I am His, then I will have the appropriate level of self-esteem. Because our dilemma is this. Either way you swing the pendulum is, is dangerous. If you have too much self-esteem, it will destroy you and it will be dangerous for you and those around you. But if you don't have enough self-esteem, it is dangerous for those around you and it will destroy you. You must know who you are. Or you will see yourselves as trash. And believe you belong in trash. Well I live in a trailer. And, and, and so I'm white trash. Come on now. Y'all have heard of white trash. You heard of black trash. Heard of brown trash. There's trash in every society. It has absolutely nothing. This has absolutely nothing to do with your socioeconomic level. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. If you know who you are in Christ. You will no longer see yourselves as trash. Regardless of what you live in. What you drive. Who you hang out with. Or any of that. Because you will know that my master made me and I'm special you got to know who you are you got to quit seeing yourself as trash here's why because trash only sees trash yeah yeah see uh, if you see yourself as trash can I tell you how you'll see everybody else as trash uh, think about it uh, Woody shows up after kindergarten, he opens the book bag, he brings Forky out, stands him, stands him in front of all these other toys, and the first words out of Forky's mouth is this, trash. Without knowing anything, because Forky sees himself as trash, he labels all the other toys as trash. If I'm trash, then you must be trash. That's the way it works. That's what happened in Peter's life. Because Peter saw himself as trash. I'm a failure. I, I, I'm a denier. I'm a betrayer. I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. I'm not special anymore. I can't be used anymore. So you know what? I'm going to quit. And guess what? Because I failed him. When I looked around the fire, I didn't see any of y'all. There wasn't where, I mean, at least I was at the fire and said something. I said the wrong thing, but I said something. Where were you jokers? I, you goobers. I looked all around. None of y'all were there. So if I'm a failure, you must be a failure too. So I'm going to quit. And I'm going to take all y'all other trash with me. That's exactly what happened in Scripture. 
Peter basically recognizes that if I'm a failure, you must be a failure. We need you to see yourself, how God sees you, so that you will begin to see other people correctly. Y'all missed that. I'm going to say it again. We need you to see you the way Jesus wants, the way that Jesus sees you. Because if you don't, you will see everybody around you through the lens of trash. Okay, so, so the reason that some of you see other people as worthless is because you see yourself as worthless. Oh man, this is... The, the, the reason that you see others as an interruption is because you see yourself as an interruption. The reason that you see yourself, see, see others as annoying is because that's how you see yourself. The reason when you go to work that you project all your frustration and all your anger and all your desperation and all your depression on everybody else is because trash only sees trash. So if you can come together like this and begin to see yourselves as beloved, if you can see yourselves as treasured, if you can see yourself as mentionable, if you can see yourself as a gift, if you can see yourself as a miracle, then out of that lens, I can recognize that it, in spite of all their hang-ups, in spite of all their problems, in spite of all their idiosyncrasies that drive me crazy, if I can see myself correctly, then I can look down inside of them and say, that, well, if God sees me that way, then they've got to... I've got to understand that God can see them that way. Therefore, I respond to them in a different manner. I behave in a different manner. I talk to them in a different manner. I consider them in a different manner. Because if I'm treasure, I should be able to see the treasure in them. The reason some of y'all are so hateful is because you don't see yourself correctly. Oh, somebody didn't like it. Pastor called me hateful. I'm just being honest. Okay. We have to see ourselves correctly or we will project it on everybody else. I need you to come to this place where with the appropriate level of self-esteem, you recognize that you are the, the, the son of a king, the daughter of a king, that I'm special, that I'm somebody. And, but I also keep in my mind the fact that without him, I am nothing. And without him, my path was headed for destruction. And without him, I was messing everything up. And without him, my life was in shambles. And without him, I was in bondage. So now that I know that he sees me the way he sees me I recognize that if he can save me and if he can set me free and if he can use me and if he loves me then this joker over here that drives me crazy around the water cooler every day I must be able to see Jesus in them and go he must have a plan for them and even though I would like to punch him right in his face there's a God down inside of him and a gift down inside of him and I see him as the treasure that he wants that God wants him to be we got to see ourselves right and I say all that to say this. I want to challenge you this morning. We need some trash collectors. We have got to be a group of people that will collect trash. What are you talking about, Steve? I'm talking about that in our society. Our society is notorious for discarding people. They throw people away. I need you to understand that every day of your life, you are coming to con in, into contact with people that nobody wants. They're cast off. They're rejects. Nobody wants them. Their, their, their life is so messed up that nobody wants anything to do with them. Mom and dad has turned their back. Brothers and sisters have turned their back. Teachers have said you'll never amount to anything. Coaches have said you're a waste. Their employers have said you're a bum. That, that nobody wants them. And God is calling us 
to be trash collectors. You say, well, what are you saying, Steve? I'm saying that we, we, are, we are commissioned to rescue them. I, I, I used a term in first service. I'm going to use it again in second service that we don't no, normally hear, but, 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 but it's important for us to hear it this morning. I, I think we are called, listen carefully, we are called to save people. Wait a minute, I'm not Jesus. I can't save nobody. I'm not talking about saving their soul. I'm talking about saving their life. I'm talking about the fact that your soul is saved, so you're a right relationship with Jesus, and now you begin to look around you and see that there are people all around us that nobody wants, that nobody cares about, that nobody loves, that nobody takes any time with, and we reach out and we save their life. By extending love, we, we collect trash, we rescue trash, we protect them, we love on them, we clean them up. I want, to, I want you to hear me this morning. We have a responsibility. We have a responsibility. We, you, I, we have a responsibility today to make sure that we keep one another from returning to the trash. That's our responsibility. That is our call. When I see somebody headed towards destruction, when I see someone about to make a stupid decision, when I see someone about to self-sabotage, when I see someone about to drink again, when I see someone about to drug again, when I see someone about to destroy their life, when I see somebody about to walk out on relationships that they need, when I see somebody about to, to de bring devastation on them and everybody around them, I have a responsibility, you have a responsibility to jump between them and the trash and go, no, 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 you're not trash your treasure don't do that I won't let you do that I won't let you destroy your life I won't let you do that I won't let you drink that again I won't let you act like that again I won't let you quit I won't let you throw in the towel because you're important yes, yes, yes. to the master we have a responsibility that I am become diligent and I become vocal and I'm on guard for those around me so I have a question who are you reminding on a regular basis that Jesus sees them as treasure? Okay. Who are you saving? I, I, I need to let you know this morning that there are individuals sitting around you right now. Right now. That see themselves as trash. I know some of y'all's stories. Uh, I, I know some of the things you've been through. And I said it like this this morning. I'm glad that most of the people around here don't know my, my story. Because I got a few that have been with me a long time that know my story. And they, they recognize I had some trashy moments in my life where I made some stupid decisions. They stuck with me. But I know some of y'all's stories. Some of y'all have had some trashy moments. But you've been saved. So who are you going to save? Who, who has God assigned to you? Well, I just want to come to church and get my praise on. Well, great. You can do that anywhere in Oklahoma City. Could it be that Jesus brought us together in an environment like this on an assignment so that I could say the right word to you as we're walking through the lobby and your day is going to hell in a handbasket and you're thinking about running away for good and I'm going to quit for good and I'm never going to do this again and all of a sudden I recognize the gift in you and I go, you know what? Your treasure. Your treasure. And with a simple statement, I change your whole life and I save you.
I want to challenge you this morning. This is how we normally do church, all right? This is, this is what we do. Uh, Julie, if you come to the keyboard, this is what we normally do. Uh, I, 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 I come to an end of a, a message like this. I pray, and then y'all run for the hills. It's like I get out of here as quick as I can. I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want nobody talking to me. I, I'm going to get my car. I'm going to beat the Baptists to lunch line, get my food first. And then I'm going to go home and take my, my nap, watch my football game. And we go, ooh, that was a good message. And we don't do anything with it. I want to challenge you to do different this morning. I want to challenge you today, today, today. Exit slowly. I didn't ask you to stay here to four o'clock. I ain't staying with you to four o'clock. I didn't ask you to stay like six hours and 52 minutes. I'm just asking you to slow your roll just a little bit and listen to the Holy Spirit and find the people that God brought you here for today. And look at them. You say, well, I'm shy. Well, join the stinking club. Well, I don't, that's out of my comfort zone. Okay, I'm going to help you. I'm not going to make this difficult. Why don't you listen to the Holy Spirit? And it could be that the Holy Spirit has sent you to Passion on September the 22nd, 2019 to save somebody. You say, how? Just by looking at him and going, man, Tari, you're a treasure, dude. I, I feel like Bruno Mars. You're a treasure. Different kind of treasure. All right. I didn't even think about that in first service, but I'm about, I'm about to bust out right now. I'm some Bruno Bars. Some of y'all don't even know. Treasure. Okay, never Maybe God sent you here today because there are some folks that are facing an incredibly trashy week. Maybe, maybe their job is horrible. Maybe they don't even know if they can do it again. Maybe their boss is a jerk. And they work, and they work, and they Maybe their spouse is a jerk. Maybe they've gone week after week after week after week, and they've never heard anybody look at them and say, I see myself correctly, so I can see you correctly. And even though you got some rough edges and... There's treasure in you. You're a treasure. I can make it real easy for you and point some people out in the congregation that you ought to go to and say, you know what, you're a treasure because they serve so faithfully. But, but they're the highlighted ones all the time. May I, may I just submit to you that there are people that, that serve faithfully, that you like the people in the parking lot that are sweating bullets while you're coming into the air conditioning. You ought to look at them. You ought to roll your window down on the way I go, mm, you're a treasure. But I want us to take it one step further. Slow your roll until you recognize that some of you are sitting next to people that need to hear you're special. You matter. You're important. And Jesus sees you that way. And I see you that way. Because if you don't, they'll go back to the trash. Father, this morning I pray that as we think about the fact that... Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress.